Wait, wait, whoa, hold on a second. Hold on. Let's just, let's just talk about this. This guy is falling. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, just one second. Let me just get a word in edge with, let's just talk. I need more toilet paper. Hey, all right, all right, all right. Come down, come down. I know you're all kind of feeling the same way I'm feeling right now, that there's a certain level of hysteria that is gripping the nation in ways that pretty much none of us have ever seen. I mean, 9-11, but it was different. It was a, a target that we could go after and eradicate, man. This is different. This is something that everybody out there across the planet, and unless you live in some teeny cave in some remote place that nobody's ever gotten to, like those ancient Japanese soldiers of post-World War lore, right? The guys that would come out in like 1976 to, you know, a couple people wearing really bad, uh, uh, like, uh, terry cloth off outfits on some remote beach in, in the, in, I don't know, in, in the South Pacific, right? And they're coming out and they're like, oh, what's going on? No, 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 no. That's not what we're talking about. Pretty much everybody knows about the coronavirus, which is a good thing. I mean, obviously, it's a little scary. Well, apparently, it's a lot of scary. And it's a lot of scary because what happens in these type of situations is people panic. They hit moments of hysteria. And they have these, 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 interruptions in, abil- in their ability to think logically and to act with uh, civic responsibility, with mitigated emotional temperance, <laughs> and, and also to think rationally uh, uh, for the benefit and welfare of others. But that shit doesn't happen when everybody's cuckoo. When, when people are, are literally doing crazy things like spending $18,000 and having 77,000 bottles of, 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 of whatchamacallit, of hand sanitizer stored in a garage and they're going to sell that for 70 bucks a pop. Or, or essentially uh, you have hordes of, of, of drunk uh, uh, college kids in uh, mass congregating and swapping spit as if it's the last spring break they're ever going to have in their lives. Hysteria, man. And what I think this show is, is, is what prompted me, what, 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 what drove me to want to do this show, because I had a, a much different show in mind, was what I've been witness to on all of these sites online. Whether I go to Drudge or Breitbart or Fox or CNN, NPR or BBC, whether I do the online ones, whether I'm on YouTube or I'm on podcasts, everybody seems to be playing their part in the beauty of invoking hysteria in the populace. Now, why is that? 
Before we get there, I just want to say hello to everybody. I hope everybody's doing great, man. Happy St. Patrick's to you. Top of the morning to you. What's another one? What's another good one? Another good one? You got one for me? Another great Irish saying? You wouldn't have one. You're French-Canadian. All right, never mind. So I, I was going to try and be clever with some kind of luckily Irish nonsense for St. Patty's Day, but uh, I, I'm willing to bet that most people aren't feeling very lucky today unless you're coming on the other side of getting coronavirus, right? You've been infected with uh, COVID-19. You've processed it as you would a typical flu, and then you're on the other end. But the rest of us who still haven't gotten there yet uh, are managing the hysteria of an international population that's lost their minds somewhat. Now, don't get me wrong. I hope you don't want me uh, to consider your old pal Rutt to be a person that uh, is uh, doesn't acknowledge the, the the significance of this global pandemic. And I don't know how you would ever imagine that for a moment with me. I know um, I've got some pretty substantial medical training. I've I've been around the world. I've, I've, I'm a pretty uh, astute uh, um, historian in terms of these things. And But what I am recognizing is that we are ceasing to control those emotions that we need most in order to solve the problems that we are facing. Because I can tell you right now, hysteria ain't going to get you anywhere other than probably... Uh, the mental institution, but or or in perpetual engagements or conflicts with those you love, or or a, a quick uh, trip to the ER because you've suppressed your immune system with all this stress and all this inability to think logically, and the next thing you know, you might get exposed or will get exposed. I don't know. We don't know how, how many. So happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Um, I am incredibly. Uh, blessed, or I, I feel especially happy that the internet isn't sick. Uh, I'm, I, I guess I should rephrase that. It, it's working, right? We're able to still get online. We're able to still uh, uh, do, be creative. On, we're able to do podcasts, do interviews. I just did one uh, earlier this morning, uh, which uh, will come out in a couple weeks on the tactical breakdown. That was fun. Thanks, Adam, for that. I uh, did one last week. What was that one called again? The, the Zen veteran, I did that one. That one was awesome with Colin, right? Yeah, thank you for that. that that's going to come out here shortly. So there's plenty of opportunity to improve or or express yourself through the internet because the internet doesn't have COVID-19, thank God. Uh, it is a little crazy, though, for sure. There are some, There is some real sickness uh, purveying through uh, the webs, the interwebs today uh, and every day now that we're in this mass hysteria. But uh, for the most part, there's still a lot of positivity happening in this uh, general region and through these crazy uh, 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 invisible lines of, of information distribution, right? And I want to just start out before I get into the meat of this thing is just to thank everybody. Uh, I, I've had tremendous response uh, continuing on my daily doses of frog logic on 
on my social media sites. Uh, that's uh, on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn uh, and YouTube. Uh, people continue uh, tuning in and, and paying attention and leaving great commentary. Man, I love when people dig deep and, and give me a good comment on, on social media. That makes me smile. And I love when people are clever and funny and keep it light and People uh, share with each other deep stories. That just blows my mind continually. The willingness uh, for so many human beings to expose their challenges in, in times like this uh, just it never ceases to amaze me. And it's what ultimately gives me so much hope in the human condition that we are able and, and, and willing to, to share our struggles with one another in order to prop each other in the midst of a very difficult, challenging times, man. And now, if now more than ever is an opportunity for us to share with one another, to help each other get through these challenging times, now, man, I mean, what a, what a glorious gift that we're being, we've been given right now through the, uh, the unfortunate circumstances of poor hygiene, right? Or, or just uh, the unfortunate circumstances of, of living creatures and their inability uh, to resist from really devastating viruses, man. That's just kind of the nature of things. It always has been the nature of things. These things exist. They will continue to exist and they will continue to wreak havoc on us. Hopefully, Hopefully, through a little bit of stress inoculation and our ability to process all this stuff in a much more clear, succinct, uh, objective manner, uh, we're going to be better prepared for the next one because we are where we are and we got to get through it. So thank you to everybody who continues to pay attention to Frog Logic, uh, who continues to support us through the, the, the podcast through social media, uh, through the website. Um, you know, uh, one of the things uh, as, a, as a professional speaker, you can imagine uh, that my business, along with all of your businesses, are dramatically affected by this. And I just want to say I, I feel for all of you, uh, and I'm sorry that you're going through this process, and I'm sorry that you're, you know, uh, facing some, some, some real uh, changes and stressors in your life financially, uh, with your businesses and, and how you, you feed your family. I, I'm, I, I too am, am, am in that, that, that state. So, uh, you know, I just think, uh, let's offer each other a little bit of condolence, a little bit of patience and, and a little bit of, uh, empathy, man. Cause it's funny when you, when you get into, uh, the definition of hysteria, and you guys all know where I go. I love to go to my my favorite starting block, Wikipedia. All you wiki haters out of there, you know, go go continue your hysteria against. But I just like it as a, as a means to get started. So I figure let's let's start out by defining hysteria, right? Now this is what it says: it's hysteria, colloquially. You can say that one. Can you say that one? No, it's colloquially. There's an LLY on the end. Colloquially. I don't even know how to. Hysteria colloquially means ungovernable emotional excess. Generally, modern medical professions have abandoned using the term hysteria. I won't. I love it. To denote a diagnostic category, replacing it with more precisely defined categories such as somatization disorder. In 1980, the American Psychiatric Association split ph ph phenomenology 
previously captured by the hysteria construct into discrete captor chapters on conversion, somatization, and disassociative disorders. And, and on the side of it over here, it's this pretty cool thing that says part of a series on emotions. And, and here's a, a laundry list of emotions that hysteria can mess with if, if, if you let it go un, un, unrestrained. Acceptance, affection, amusement, anger, angst, anguish, annoyance, anticipation, anxiety, apathy, arousal, awe, boredom, confidence, contempt, contentment, courage, cruelty, curiosity, depression, desire, despair, disappointment, disgust, distrust, ecstasy, embarrassment, empathy, em youth. What? What is that one? Euthanization, euthanism, youth, youth, uh, Man, I my tongue is in knots today because I'm so hysterical, right? Envy, euphoria, fear. I talk a ton about fear. Frustration, gratification, gratitude, greed, grief, guilt, hope, happiness, hatred, hope, horror, hostility, humiliation, interest, jealousy, joy, kindness, loneliness, love, lust, outrage, talk a lot about love too, lust, outrage, panic, passion, pity, pleasure, pride, rage, regret, rejection, remorse, resentment, sadness, what is that, swadati, swadati, man, I don't even know what's going on, self-confidence, self-pity, shame, shamra, shock, shyness, did I say shamrock, that, that, that lets you know where my head is. Self-pity, shyness, social connection, sorrow, suffering, surprise, trust, wonder, worry. To list just a few, right? And when you're hysterical, right, when you have lost control of this, you know, you are, every one of these things are going to be affected. Now, you know, there's a bunch of great other definitions that I highly recommend you go out and check out for sure, but it's essential that, as you're feeling overwhelmed, as you're feeling uh, a sense of, of urgency, you're feeling a sense of, of, of a loss of control somewhat, of, of not being able to make clear decisions, not being able to cipher through information, not being able to uh, give the people who are depending on you uh, a sense of safety, security, or whatever, right? And that's what happens when we become hysterical. Now, as we've seen, right, um, hysteria is almost like the virus itself. And once it's triggered, man, holy cow, things go wazoo. My favorite one so far is, is the run on toilet paper. That absolutely makes me giggle. Now, it doesn't make me giggle for the people who... Uh, uh, lack the ability to get to the store rapidly or the ability that maybe got there late who are struggling, uh, the ability uh, uh, for those people who felt like they needed 400 rolls of toilet paper because uh, they believe that everything would be stopped, uh, every type of manufacturing in the world would stop, uh, and that they needed to get theirs. Uh, they they were uh, in this wonderful stage of, of true... Uh, uh, blue falconism, man. And if you're a blue falcon out there, you know who you are. Because um, people don't really take the time for the appropriate measurement, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But the other one is, you know, bum rushing supermarkets or hoarding uh, whatever or, or not thinking, just generally not thinking about other people, right? That's, that's the worst thing. And then, and then once other people who have who like to think of themselves as, 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 uh, uh, independent thinkers. Next thing you know, find themselves with, uh, four, 
push carts full of uh, toilet paper and, and, and Clorox and Lysol and all these things, man. And it's funny how we, we like at times to imagine that we have this great uh, ability to, to think for ourselves, to be independent of, of the hordes that group think does not affect us. But it does. And it does especially when there's a global pandemic happening. Now, you know, why are we so inclined to panic? That's an interesting interesting thing. And I think our, our levels of panic vary pretty dramatically based on, uh, you know, the, the history of our life experience, what we've been exposed to. Uh, luckily for me, I've had a, a profound amount of exposure to, uh, uh, highly, uh, stressful environments. I have a particularly, uh, high amount of training in, in, in both the medical field as well as, as being prepared for worst possible scenarios when dealing with life and death. So for me, um, this has been uh, definitely stressful, but I don't think I've, I've quite hit hysteria yet. I've had my flash moments, haven't I? Yeah, she's shaking her head over there for sure. Yeah, but nothing, nothing too exaggerated. That was mostly dealing with other people's hysteria, that, the frustrating aspect of that, which we all have to address. But what for those of people out there that have never experienced this, that from the moment they've been born, they've been born into uh, the real beauty of being a part of this incredible place we live in in our lives, this incredible state, this incredible uh, existence that we have in, in the Western world. I mean, when you think about it, uh, other than a hurricane or a natural disaster, uh, do we ever are we ever faced with this type of, of load on our uh, emotional and mental stabilities? Uh, I think down here in South Florida, we're a little bit more uh, predisposed because of the hurricane things. I think in California, probably have some expression of uh, awareness due to uh, her, uh, um, wildfires and earthquakes and other parts of tornadoes and power outages from snowstorms and all this stuff. But and the real hard part is when there's no guaranteed end for the suffering. Um, and that's when we begin to really begin to see people's perceptions be altered in a rapid state, which uh, puts them more predisposed for hysteria. Now, I think what's interesting is when you begin to assess uh, what it is that's happening to you. I think a lot of people aren't quite sure the totality of ways you're being affected. And, and essentially what's happening uh, in a, is your allostatic load is becoming overwhelmed. Now, allostatic load is defined as the cost of chronic exposure to elevated or fluctuating endocrine or neural responses resulting from chronic or repeated challenges that the individual experiences as stressful. Now, um, typically in our lives, our, our greatest stressors happen 
from our family members, our children, managing children, right? Or, or a sick uh, uh, family member or our, our aging parents, or if someone has addiction issues or the emotional distress of, of infidelity or divorce or, or, or all these kind of normative things that we deal, that we suffer from day in and day out. And then where things get maybe a little bit more elevated is in those natural disasters. But when something like a pandemic hits, man, the totality of how you experience life is, is under pressure. The load dependent on who you are and how you process, you know, potential trauma in your life, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And to the point where it, it, it breaks uh, over the pivot of rationality, right? Where there's too much on, on either end. We can't support uh, the load anymore. And that's the problem, man. And that's a big problem. And what we're seeing is, is around the world. And there's a great website I, I recommend for everybody out there. And it's called uh, arcgis.com, A-R-C-G-I-S.com. Um, and on that place, they've got this beautiful chart of the global pandemic and what's going on. How many, who's affected, what places. They break it down by total confirmed cases, you know, of every country. Uh, total deaths, total recoveries, which is my favorite. And they put it in this beautiful green and it's so beautiful. And like when you look at, you know, China, you know, we've got 56,000 people who've recovered in China so far. That's out of the 81,058 cases, 56,000 have recovered. And and when you start to look at the, the news just today, there was one great uh, article suggesting that in one of the most heavily hit regions, they had one new case of COVID-19 today. That's pretty good from November 17th or whatever that patient X or patient zero was uh, till March 17th, man, one new case today. So that's a pretty positive number uh, that can help with your hysteria. Now, as you lose perspective, because your allostatic load is, is over, overgone. And, and again, to, to give you some type of reference for these things, man, I, I look around and man, I see on the news, man, you know, just in the last couple of days, uh, the mayor of Miami, who himself has been di diagnosed positive for COVID-19 is begging the city in particular, the young kids who are down on spring break to stop gathering in mass. But yet, for some reason, they don't stop as if to say, uh, hey, we're young, we're invincible. This is not even if I get it, it's just like the flu. The mortality rates at my age group don't affect anybody else. But here's what you're not thinking about, kids. You are going to go to a store that maybe a senior citizen is working at. Uh, you're going to touch something that... Uh, or cough in a store and your little air particulates going to get it. Your little infected air particulates going to float around. And some person that has emphysema or pre-existing lung condition or health condition is going to breathe that stuff in and it's going to start their process. Whatever that incubation period is. Some people say 14 days, four days. I think there's a, a bunch of information out there that I'm going to talk about in its information here, but, but that's out there and it's going to start to affect others. 
people that that aren't prepared health-wise to fight this off in the way they need to. And then the other thing you're not thinking about then is if you do get sick and all of a sudden you you rush to the ER room or you rush to the hospital or to a clinic and you stand in line in front of someone else who has to wait an additional couple hours because there's a host of you that are now panicked because you have this thing because you didn't care before and you're in front of somebody who actually needs the healthcare that can't get to the front of the line because that's how it works. The healthcare system is not prepared for these kind of numbers. And all you got to do, if you doubt that, just go look at the reports coming out of Italy. Look at the reports out of China, Iran, Spain. Now, you know, Italy has 31,000 cases. This isn't about a three week span. Think about that growth because they blew it off. They didn't care. They said, oh, it's not that bad. Health, uh, the mortality rates aren't that bad. But they might not be bad for you, but they could definitely be bad for other people. So be conscientious of that, man. It's called decency. And unfortunately, when you're hysterical, hysterical for yourself or hysterical against others or or you, you've negated the the impact it might have on somebody you've never met or haven't come in contact with so far, man, that's, that says a lot about who you are and how you think about the world as a whole, right? Now, one of the challenges when you are processing uh, your own hysteria or you're, you feel like you're, you're bumping up, you're moving forward on it, you're getting a little ahead of yourself, one of the things that we're not doing is we're not adequately assessing the actual threats to us, right? Um, there is a massive campaign for disinformation. And my favorite right now is getting the text. Uh, and I got one from a family member recently. And it was like, my friend heard from a friend who is a doctor, who is in the government, who is uh, a cop, who is this. And they said, dot, 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 and went on to put out stuff that's uh, really alarming and and really, really not factual. Now, if you want to if you want to stoke hysteria, man, let's all start doing these things. Let's all just get together, make up the 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 biggest load of malarkey you've ever read in your life, and let's just all start tweeting it to each other. Let's just start tweeting. Let's take these things we find on these random sites or things that people are posting on Facebook and I heard it from a friend to do this and do that. And let's just spew that thing out on everybody. Let's infect everybody. So everybody's hysterical. Because at the end of the day, the only people that actually come out on top when hysteria are the people that are highly trained with, with weapon systems uh, that know how to move through uh, really troubling areas, right? Those are the people who are going to come out on top because it's definitely not going to be mitigated or controlled, much like when your healthcare system is overrun, right? What happens? You've got a municipality. Let's say you've got 25 police officers in your town, right? And now the hospitals are overrun with people and they're having to triage people in the front, in the front parking lot. All right. Uh, you don't fit the Democrat. You're too old. You're not getting help. You're too young. You're not getting help. All right. You're in the hot spot. You're 35 to 55, uh, pre-existing healthcare condition. We think we can save you. You're in. Oh, you're gone. You're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. What do you think happens to a community when they start to experience that in real time? 
want to talk hysteria. Now, all of a sudden, the, the, the 12 cops that are on duty are overwhelmed, perhaps hurt. Someone goes nuts, starts firing a gun. Next thing you know, they shut the hospital down completely. Now everybody's on their own. Much less, what do you think? Do you think criminals take the day off in, in pandemics? Hell no. Target of opportunity, right? When everybody else is freaking out and, and, and staying home and not around, they're out there seeing what, what they can get for free. They're out there being criminals. So pandemics don't shut criminals down, trust me. So as you think about your actions and does it relate with misinformation, you know, what is that happening? And are you measuring the information in the correct manner? Are you vetting certain pieces against three different sources? Are you, are you, uh, are you in recognition that other countries are, are definitely uh, just spewing out as much misinformation into the interwebs as they possibly can in order to continue stoking what? Hysteria. And most importantly, where are they trying to stoke it? And what to affect? The world economy. Right. Because if America gets knocked down and no longer has the opportunity and China comes out on this on first and top and and our 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 contagion takes uh, 18 months, six months, whoever, whatever the number is. And then China gets back to producing and getting and manufacturing and selling and and Europe decides or whoever decides, hey, man, let's let's establish the yen as the the benchmark of currency around the world because they're the healthiest. What do you think happens then? So please, you know, figure out if what you're putting out there is legit. Vet it because it's happening. The misinformation is the number one reason why well, this is happening. And man, if I, if I, it seems like everybody, what's funny is I love the ones when people put a post about that. Hey, stop, you know, contributing to the panic. And then the next one, they put a post that contributes to the panic. That's what I love, the duality of hysteria, right? One moment you're good, one moment you're not. One moment you're good, one moment you're not. That's the beauty of the negative insurgency. It keeps scratching at your senses. It keeps clawing at your ability to be rational and reasonable. That's what the insurgency does. And this pandemic is an insurgency, right? It's an insurgency with... Uh, medically, it's an insurgency mentally, it's an insurgency emotionally, spiritually, civically. We are under attack. And, I, and I'm not saying that to make you more hysterical because the facts are the facts. Now, the other thing too is I always caution people that when you do have a piece of information you want to share, don't throw it in people's face to make them seem dumber because they're not you can't reach them because they're in a moment of hysteria, right? You idiots, this is the mortality rate. Don't do this because not everybody's going to die and it's actually good and it's going to be good for everybody to go. I mean, just watch that stuff, man. You know, just be careful. Have a little bit of forethought before whatever it is you put out, right? Because in the age of, of, of information and now that we all are, are, are quarantined, if you will. Some of us self-quarantine, others impose because nobody wants to listen to uh, better sense, better minds. Um, you know, think about what you're doing, right? Are you being proactive to the situation or are you stoking the hysteria? Are you trying to bring serenity to the hysteria 
or are you trying to feed it? Do you love it? Do you get off on watching people's other people's misery? Because you got to watch that stuff, man. It's all fun and games until uh, your great aunt Betsy is is dying from influenza, from pneumonia, because she can't, her body can't handle the coronavirus, right? That's what you have to start thinking about, and it's reality with this, man. So as you as you begin to start to really understand and, and seek out the truth in this situation, the first truth you all have to acknowledge is that this is not going to um, be rapid, right? It is what it is, right? This is this is going to run its course, and that course is going to reach a max peak. We've all seen the little graphs I'm going to talk about here in a section, right? And these projection models that are out there. Uh, but all you got to do is go back and read the history of, of the 1918 epidemic, right? How substantial was that, right? I mean, this thing, 198, January, January 1918 to December 1920, all right, was the first of two pandemics involving H1N1 influenza, and the second was the swine flu in 2009. The Spanish flu, they call it, because they think it originally, potentially originated in Spain, infected 500 million people around the world, about 27% of our world population. That's significant. And it, and it ran its course. Now, thank God we're in a much better time. We have a better adaptability, a better ability of, of quality med care, medical care, better sanitation, uh, better ways to, to disinfect, to keep clean. Uh, better uh, uh, um, ways to attack it from self-quarantining and reducing or minimizing that that curve, or uh, and then and then hopefully, as I saw several articles today, that they're already beginning to run tests on uh, the COVID nineteen uh, vaccination, the, the first first uh, test trials. So uh, hopefully, we're not going to face uh, uh, the substantial facts where. Uh, they estimate anywhere from 17 to 100 million people passed away from that Spanish flu back in 1918 to December 1920. Hopefully it won't be that bad. I pray every day uh, because, you know, well, my parents are in that sensitive age bracket. I've got four children. Uh, we've got family members and friends that have compromised uh, immune systems, right? People going through cancer uh, treatments right now, people that may have been infected with something else. I mean, all these things are reality. And this this, this virus certainly isn't going to help them. Now, one of the ways to better understand and go after the truth is, is once you've accepted it's going to run its course, there is an adjustment to your normal life. You just have to settle in, man. Don't fight it anymore. Adjusting to that normal life, right, is essential. Uh, and, and that the fact that nobody has a definitive answer, stop turning on the TV or, or getting on the net or turning on your phone and waiting for somebody to tell you, Hey, Bob on September 17th, the pandemic will be over because nobody knows president Trump doesn't know the world health organization doesn't know the CDC doesn't know your local doctor doesn't know, uh, your local special operations guy doesn't know your local doctor doesn't know. Nobody knows the answer. Nobody. So stop searching for the answer. Search for information and 
solutions to the problems of what you're facing every day. Now, there's some beautiful things out there. Uh, a friend of mine who is uh, one of the uh, members of the Project Warpa Warpath, um, uh, Mark Metzel Del Delafore, Delafour, I always get your name, butcher your name, Mark. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, he he posted this great thing on his Facebook page uh, with this guy, Chris Martinson, who's an economist, I think, who does this great video on the power of exponential growth and how it works. So there's a, a great, great video to watch there about how contagion and the spread and how it goes slow, 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 and then it spikes and everybody's infected and then it goes down the other way, right? Go check that out. There's great. Another place that, that my, my beautiful fiance found was this wonderful article in the Washington Post. And it says, why outbreaks like coronavirus spread exponentially and how to flatten the curve. And they give these beautiful little um, graphs and these little uh, things on how contagion is spread and how you can slow it down and how some isolation improves it and, you know, non-movement and all these things. Really beautiful. So, so check that out. Uh, that's at the Washington Post. Um, and when you begin to understand just that these things have a natural process to it, uh, it can kind of help you settle in. Because a way to begin to lower hysteria or to reduce panic is to begin to set realistic time frames for the uh, disruption of what your normal life was. Because this is your normal life now. Regardless if you don't like it or you don't want it or you don't want, you know, you wish it wasn't so or you're upset about, this is your normal life now. So what can you begin to do right now that's going to change? Now, before we get into that, I'm going to give a quick shout out to my sponsors because luckily and hopefully uh, they uh, are still supporting us in these times because everybody's listening to podcasts. So uh, hopefully you're out there buying their products because uh, one of the things that you need to do is, is be prepared and be have the right products. So uh, first and foremost, man, this is one that I absolutely love from my good friends over at Onnit. Um and I also just want to make quick make a quick mention to Aubrey, uh, who last week said he was stepping down as the CEO right now. And and Aubrey, I, I just want to say thank you for all you did and bringing this company to out here and, and all the the help and all the impact you've had on so many people's lives. Thank you, and we just wish you all the best in this next uh, evolution of where you're going to go next, Aubrey brother. Uh, I look forward to, to tuning in and where you're going to go. One of the products I really love in particular during this time, right, is my total gut health, right? Building healthy gut flora and optimal digestion. Uh, I started taking this product because I've, I've had some gut issues since I got out of the military back in 2003. And this product, uh, uh, I take it daily, really helps me process food. It makes me feel better. I don't have bloat. Uh, I'm not bloated. I, I, my digestion is, seems to be working in a much more efficient manner. And it just makes me feel good, all right? So uh, one of the things I, I like to uh, uh, recommend is that if you got some gut issues, go check out Total Gut Health on, at onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T.com. Um, you know, this is, helps probiotics, HCLs, and enzymes 
Man, this is uh, it breaks down food and absorbs nutrients, supports the immune system, helps support healthy gut flora, and digests major macronutrients. All right, this is a great product. Also, the other product I love a, mo a ton is the Alpha Brain. You can check that out. Go over to onit.com uh, to see it. All right, the other product that man, uh, hopefully you've invested in this, in particular in a global pandemic. Uh, for all of those preppers out there that uh, are reluctantly uh, patting themselves on the back because nobody wants this, but they are proud of themselves for being prepared, uh, uh, Wise Company. And Wise Company is, a, is an organization I've been working with for the last year. Man, love this organization. They're, they're doing just a tremendous job. Uh, they make the some of the best uh, freeze-dried food on the market, hands down. Uh, so head over to wisefoodstorage.com and get you and your family six months worth of food, right? Because if this thing does crest over or does get worse, which it doesn't look like it's gonna, but potentially the next one could or whatever happened, next natural disaster or war, whatever you want to look about, it, it's better to have than to have not then you won't feel the hysteria of having to run to the supermarket to buy 15 tons of, 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 of uh, toilet paper and dried foods and canned foods. Just go over to wisefoodcompany.com and go look at all the different variations they have. One month, two month, 10 month, whatever it might be. And get your buckets because they're easy to store. They last up to 25 years. They taste great. You're not going to be sorry. So head over to wisefoodstorage.com. Put in for the promo code FROGLOGIC, promo code FROGLOGIC, and get 25% off everything they have in sight. Everything on, on the website, 25% off. Now's the time. They might be a little backed up, but they will get you your order because uh, they're, 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 they're producing food around the clock right now. Uh, so please do yourself, your family a favor. Do yourself a favor. Be prepared. Be wise. That's Wise Company at wisefoodstorage.com. Thanks, everybody. All right. Let me just talk about accepting your new reality. This is one I, I talk about quite a bit in my Embrace Fear uh, curriculum course that I teach, right? Is accepting your new reality because quarantine is going to be your way of life for the foreseeable future. And that could be three weeks, two weeks, one month, two months, six months. We don't know. So the, the one thing you need to focus on is settling in. Now, there are a lot of negative things that happen, right? And some of those things, uh, most especially, are how your mental health is affected. Now, I, I've seen this happen uh, on every deployment I've ever been on in some capacity, right? Close proximity, close places, working together nonstop, not a lot of ability to movement. It creates stress. In particular, if people aren't mentally prepared to deal it with, with which most of you aren't, I'm sorry to say, most of you have never experienced anything like this. And if you have, then you also know how hard it is and especially hard to deal with those who haven't experienced it because they're hysterical, right? Their uh, mood shift immediately. They feel depression comes on abruptly. Anxiety is out of control. Uh, their inability to solve conflicts, to have patient respect for one another, all this stuff seems to explode. And it happens really, really quickly, mostly because uh, we're, as human beings, uh, we like to be able to uh, have some semblance of, of estimating 
the ends of things. We like to know when things end, right? You go to the workout, you know your workout's going to be 45 minutes. You go to your job, your job's going to be eight hours. You you are on the freeway, you know you're going to get home from your little Waze app in two hours and 25 minutes. Well, in these circumstances, nobody has that realistic projection. And so what we do, what humans naturally do, is we try and establish unrealistic projections that put us at ease because we need to have time affiliated with relief. Well, I'm here to tell you that there is no way to do that. Um, And when you start to move into these aspects of quarantine, you have to relieve yourself. That's your new reality, right? You have to learn to manage expectations much more efficiently than you ever have. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh, what is your expectation of, of, of consumption every day, right? What is your expectation of, of, of freedom? What is your expectation of, 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 of interactions? Because under stress and duress and hysteria, all of those things become um, contorted or infected with a whole new uh, uh, inability to process this stuff. And that has, that leaves a mark. Now, there are some very immense benefits to this type of thing, right? First and foremost, the obvious, the benefit to society as a whole or civilization, you not going outside means you're least likely to either transmit, get exposed, or or spread uh, the disease, uh, spread the virus. Uh, so that's a benefit, all right? Your benefits uh, include uh, lower risk, right? Lower risk. Uh, the also benefits uh, are, are this incredible amount of time now we have just handed to us. Time to sleep, to get caught up on sleep. Uh, time to work out more. Hell, if you've been looking at yourself in disgust for the last year, man, if you're not doing two-a-days right now, you're wrong, right? Uh, we have time to read that book. We have time to spend with our children. Just think about that. You have time to spend with your child or children, or your loved ones. Think about that. Time. Time that you're always searching for, always longing for, always wanting, is happening right now. Because nobody else is doing anything. Nobody else is out there getting ahead of you. Nobody else out there is, is, is somehow figuring out how to, how to one-up or do this. The race, the rat race has been silenced or at least as silenced as we've ever seen it before in our lifetimes. And so that time that you can spend doing things with people can change your life, man. And that's, that's huge. And one of the great challenges that we have are these ways to manage this close quarter living, which are very difficult. It's very in- challenging to do when everybody's stressed out and everybody doesn't have answers and everybody doesn't know what's going to happen next, man, it puts people in an irrational state. It puts people in a place where they're not quite uh, acknowledging the greater context of pressure. They're, they're, they're not handling their own stuff um, with uh, distinct accountability. They're not thinking through things on a grander collective, how my actions are going to affect somebody else who, next to me, how my actions are going to contribute or detract from the benefits of all of us living in this close space. 
Now, if you're lucky enough to have a house with a lot of space, God bless you. If you have a little bit of a yard and you can go out, God bless you even more. But for those people who live in apartment complex or in high rises or in cities, think about them, man. Think about how challenging their times are. So here are a couple just little ideas that you might want to think about to integrate into your family as you're going through this quarantine. One, have a daily brief. A daily morning brief, hey, this is what the expectation, this is what we're going to do today, this is how everybody's going to run. And a daily debrief, hey, we need to do this better tomorrow, this better this. All right, those briefs, the the daily morning, the daily debrief at the end of the day, those are huge because it keeps everybody in line and thinking along the same lines and considerate of other people and other things, right? It, it allows everybody to know what that the status quo has not changed dramatically. It is what it is, and the expectations are still in place. Another one is a, a written rules list. I saw a, a buddy of mine had this long chalkboard of, of, of tasks and rules that we're going to have every day. And these are concrete behaviors or, or attitudes that everybody needs to think about every day, right? Uh, no screaming at people, no uh, yelling at people, uh, being able to talk things through, uh, not jumping to emotional uh, 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 um, hysteria, if you will, right? Uh, really understanding that these, this is the expectation of behavior that we're going to have to all adhere to, right? And that participation is an essential part. Everybody needs to pitch in. On, on managing, you know, consumables, your toilet paper, right? Uh, how much you eat. It can't be a free-for-all at the snack of snacks. Kids especially need to be told when and where and how much they can eat. As if you're, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a minimum sense of rationing food, nobody, I don't think out there, I shouldn't say nobody. I'm sure some people are are talking about ounces and, and grams of, of distributed uh, food and water yet. Uh, thank God we still have that. That's going nice. Um, so, but everybody needs to pitch in. Everybody needs to keep an orderly space. Everybody needs to pitch in on the collective benefits, uh, take out the garbage, meal preparation, setting the tables, right? Everybody needs to pitch in so that way nobody in the, in the group feels, begins to feel some sense of resentment. Because once you have a... a once you're, because one of the things about resentment in the grand scope of society is everybody's going to always have major differences. But when you're contained in a one space, those differences become a very apparent rapidly, don't they? And you can see when somebody's being lazy. You can see when somebody's not stepping up and doing their part. You can see when somebody's not contributing uh, emotionally at a higher state or being able to hold their stuff together, if you will, right? They're allowing the hysteria to beat them down, the depression to sink in, the anxieties to, to, to reshift the way they normally act. This is all very normal stuff and it happens all the time in these circumstances, right? Now, if you start to really escalate fast where there's uh, uh, conflict daily, hourly, minute, <laughs> minute by minute, then a good idea is to have a deconfliction room, right? Have one room in the house where everybody can go in and in a calm tone manner, one-on-one, be able to address these with each other. Or you take your two children in. And you are able to say, hey, this is the place where we resolve things. Now, in the SEAL teams, back when I first went in, uh, we re-resolved things on the other side of the berm on the beach. And we put on boxing gloves, and that's the way things got resolved, right? Uh, to all those people out there who know what I'm talking about, God bless those resolution items, right? Um, 
But think about it this way. If you have a space that's it's it's absolutely established as a space where calmness and, and rational, logical thinking is going to take place, man, then it doesn't feel like there's going to be attacks, right? And people are, are constantly trying to manage each other's highs and lows because everybody's like this right now. Bing, 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 up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down especially those who have never been exposed to this type of, of challenging situation. So a deconfliction room is, is good. Also, don't be afraid to do something community fun, right? Go outside, play wiffle ball, play kickball, uh, get in the pool if you have the opportunity, uh, uh, build a snowman, hell, uh, play games. I mean, build puzzles. Community fun, right, is is a big thing. It lets everybody relieve some stress, uh, blow some steam off. It it keeps us focused that we're all in this together. Uh, and if you really want to get unique and really uh, benefit the mental health of your group, be creative in that fun, right? Come up with, uh, uh, I don't know, come up, uh, film uh, uh, these short videos and put them out on YouTube. Do TikTok videos with your kids. Uh, uh, write in your journal, right? Write about these times so in the future your grandchildren or your kids' kids can read how you dealt with all of these things. Draw pictures, uh, give commentary, do a podcast, <laughs> write a blog, whatever it might be, man. Being creative allows you to feel invested in, in the progress of your existence. It feels like you're pushing forward under the face of great, in the face of great adversity, which is what this is. You know, and that's, that's all a part of improving your mental health. Now don't, don't, because you're uh, stagnant, don't, don't allow your physical health to take a beating. I mean, now, again, if you have been wanting to get rid of those extra pounds, now's the time to do it. Get out there and work out, take care of your mental health, build your immune system, uh, eat better, right? Try and eat better, eat less. Uh, definitely, you know, don't get inebriated every single night. Don't, don't be jacked up. Don't take a bunch of drugs. Don't get crazy, right? Because you're, that's not going to help the mental health of the group, right? Uh, I'm always uh, a little bit in moderation is always is fine. But remember, uh, anytime you fuel, uh, stress, uh, through outside substances, it can really put you on unstable ground, which then makes everybody around you feel unstable as well too. So, Think about your health, your physical health, your mental health, and then also your spiritual health, man. You know, don't be afraid to, to you know, send prayers out or get on the phone and pray for people or at your your table while you're breaking bad. I mean, family meals are coming back and they're coming back strong. 2020 is the year of family meals. Don't be afraid to pray. Pray for those that are suffering. Show gratitude for what you have and and, and offer condolences for those in, in real pain. And show everybody around that you're not afraid to pray out loud, that you're not afraid to, to offer your, your, your blessings to people that don't have what you have, man. That's huge. And it's good for your spiritual health as well, too. I know a lot of times in these situations, people are pissed off at God. And rightly so, man. How do you explain this? I mean, practical people will say, hey, we should probably shouldn't co-mingle animals in these markets over in China. We shouldn't we should uh, install some type of uh, regulation about the distribution or, or, or maintenance of food and dis distributing food in these things. But most likely it ain't going to happen. Right. 
When you have 1.8 billion people, just feeding them is taxing alone. So these things are going to happen. But what you can do is improve the health of, 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 of yourself and your immediate group. And then that'll spread to others. Trust me. As a motivational speaker and somebody who's been doing this type of thing since uh, 2006, I can tell you that the most infectious things on the planet are positive things. It makes us feel good. And especially when we're down and we're out and we're blue and we're, we're hysterical. The greatest dose of medicine you can give other people is positivity. The ability to lift their spirits, build them back up when things are challenging. And I know that's hard when you're trying to manage it yourself. It's not easy. I get it. I know it. Trust me, I've been there. And it's okay. But man, you'd be surprised that at how healthy you feel when you start helping others. When you start caring for your neighbor that might be in their 80s and they can't get outside and they're afraid to leave and their supplies are running out, that you brave the, the virus and go out and get them some food, get them some supplies, or give them some of yours. You know how good that'll feel? Or donating. Go to the blood banks. Donate money to all the places out there that uh, are trying to help people manage this. Because we're gonna face some, we're gonna face some real challenges. We need to settle in for the long haul, if you will. Now, I was gonna uh, include a, a bunch of preparedness stuff, but I figure I'll, I'll do another show on that type of thing. I want to stay more focused and and managing and trying to find some serenity in the hysteria that's all around us, man. You know, and a big way to do that is just to have faith in how powerful we are as a hum as the human species and, and our ability to to manage and come through these things on the other end better for it. With new medical advancements, uh, new emergency preparedness abilities, uh, greater lines of communication, reduced uh, a red tape of, of government oversight, uh, an ability to co-mingle governments in the private sector to get things done rapidly, our ability to unite as small groups and communities to come together to help one another, to rise up. In America, man, we're really good at this. We've been doing, we've been kicking ass at this for over 200 and close to 250 years, man. And this is a beautiful, beautiful thing. We should feel blessed that that's our, our nature as a, as a country. No, but it's on you. It's on you to do your part, to play your role, to accept your accountability, right? Just like all the, the health care providers are out there. Think about those people that are working 40-hour shifts right now. Think about all the doctors and how many different times they've been exposed to COVID-19 or health care workers or hospital administrators or janitors or whoever keeps these places going, trying to help the, the really sick from not dying. Think about them. Think about what they're doing. Maybe say a little prayer for them, right? You know, if, if we can just contain the hysteria, because we're certainly not going to contain the virus, we're certainly not going to contain the effects of the economy. We're not going to contain the necessity to quarantine. 
and the, uh, this thing is going to run its course and we don't know when that's going to end, but you can contain yourself. You contain your thoughts, your behaviors, right? Keep it in check by doing some of these things I've suggested. And, and if you don't believe me, then man, there's a million, million things out there right now that sound like good ideas of keeping your mind intact, your emotional stable, your physical health up and ready and prepared, man. There are things you can do, and you need to start doing them right now. Don't wait. Right? Although it might not seem like there's a rush, there's certainly a rush to address the mental health aspect of this whole thing, of the hysteria. It doesn't help us. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help your neighbors. It doesn't help this country. It doesn't help the world if you allow hysteria to control you. Because trust me, when you get hold of it and you get yourself dialed in and you get yourself healthy and prepared for this long haul, man, and you have faith that it will come to an end, you have faith that it's there's going to be some great amazing, incredible things that come out of this. And it makes you feel good. It almost makes you feel serene and peace and at peace in your heart and your head that we're going to fight this and we're going to get through it together. Man, I just want to give a quick thanks to all the healthcare providers in the world that are going above and beyond for all the sick people. You know, without you guys, this whole thing would collapse and hysteria would overwhelm our ability to be civil and, and chaos and Armageddon would ensue. But it's not happening because of you. And the inspiring nature with which you are committing yourself and sacrificing yourselves for the rest of us, it does not fall on deaf ears or on blind eyes. We see it, we hear it, we feel it, and we thank you. I want to thank all the people out there that are trying to be positive right now. now. I will say try and be positive with good information, but just keep trying to be positive. I love all the, the great thoughts that are coming out. I'm seeing really profound, amazing ways to think about this stuff. It's really incredible what happens in crisis. You know, when pressed, the human condition produces miraculous results it deepens our faith or the creative genius comes out of us but most importantly our ability to serve one another ahead of ourselves happens and that's a beautiful thing and so all of those people out there that are going through that man thank you thanks to my family you know for adhering to this and i know it's challenging but man you know stay in place do what you need to do. Serve the community. Serve others. Serve the people that care most about you and that you care most about, man. And my friends who are struggling outside of all of this, man, bless you. Thank you for staying in the fight. And my thoughts and prayers are with all the sick and those who will get sick. Right? I wish God keeps you healthy and lets you manage through this and you get to the other side. And for all those people who have lost loved ones, man, I'm praying for you. And may God bless their souls as they enter into heaven. May God bless all the families whose hearts are broken and all the people suffering. God bless you. 
it's amazing how life and death will get you focused quickly. And hopefully you'll be able to put things in perspective and seek the truth. And the truth is that you're loved and that you love others. And you need to take, we need to take care of each other. I thank Christ for showing me how to do that. And I thank Jana, my beautiful fiance. I know I'm not easy during these times because that prepper in me comes out, right? And I thank my children for managing this and for being okay and for really being uh, mature in the way they're processing all this and the ability to adapt, man. God bless them. God bless all our kids who are fighting the good fight with their mental health and their ability to contribute. Thank you. Thank all of you for listening and paying attention. Man, this is why I do this for, for times like this. This is what Frog Logic is about. This is why I created it, to give people an ability to think a little bit differently about it, to give them the tools that enable them to uh, persevere in the most extreme environments imaginable, to find the serenity in the hysteria of life. Thank you. God bless you.